We welcome all of our guests. Appreciate you being here this morning to witness uh, the baptism of your friends and families. Uh, so we thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not something that can be seen or pointed to. The kingdom of God is within because Jesus has brought it to us by coming to this earth and dying for us that we might receive righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we're very thankful for this kingdom. This message series has really been blessing me every day. It takes my focus off the things of this world because we can get caught up in trying to get joy from things. We can get caught up in, in trying to get peace when uh, the, the things around us are perfect, then we will have peace, but that's not true. We have a peace that comes from heaven, so it doesn't matter what's happening on CNN and Fox. It doesn't matter if our cities are burning and people are full of rage and hatred. It doesn't matter. We have found peace in Jesus Christ, not in perfect circumstances. So although America might not be where we want it to be, we have a promise that it's righteousness that exalts a nation. So as we begin to pray for our nation and be a light and not hide our righteousness and our light under a bushel, as we talk about Jesus more, we give the world a living hope because he is the only hope that we have in turning this country around and this world as well. Can we bow our heads as we go into the word of God this morning? Father, I thank you for the people that you have gathered in this place today for such a time as this. And my prayer, God, is that this message would awaken their spirit within and it would stir up their faith to say, you know what? I hear this message loud and clear and it's time I do something about it. It's time that a change comes to my life. I pray, God, that you would just show us how short our lives are. Show us how temporary this life on earth is as opposed to eternity. You are so gracious that you would allow us to gather here this morning to hear about Jesus and eternity. Thank you for your love for us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an honor to be here this morning and to speak to you. I still find it unbelievable at times that God would pick me, somebody like me, to be a pastor and a police officer. Uh, I'm a person that deserved hell and jail. I never said that together, but it rhymes. I'll probably keep that. I deserved both, but God's grace and mercy towards me was so rich. Any, any other recipients of God's grace and mercy in the room? We didn't get what we deserved at all, and I'm so thankful for that. The kingdom of God cannot be seen with eyes, so we must aim for it with our hearts. As we seek with all of our heart, mind, and strength, we will find the kingdom and its king. So what is the kingdom, or rather, what, where is the kingdom, rather? Luke 17, 20 and 21 tell us this. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God cannot be detected by visible signs, so it's not something you can see. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. So Jesus brought the kingdom to us. Uh, what is the kingdom of God? Romans 14, 17 tells us this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
I promise you, those three things are the kingdom of God, and they are the most valuable things that you could possess in these bodies. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven to enjoy the kingdom of God. It can be enjoyed right now. And the way that we receive the kingdom is through the Holy Spirit. So the title of today's message is The Kingdom Within, which is also the name of the series. And the title of this particular message is Seeking and Finding. As you see, we have eight signs here at New Life. Life represents love. When we're born again, God gives us his love. We get a new identity. We get faith in Christ. And then we are fueled for our eternal purpose. And then the way that we now live this life in Christ is through revelation or God's word, through empowerment, through strategy, and through triumph. And that spells rest. So the, the left spells life, and the right spells rest. We have to enter into God's rest, what he has already done for us. So there is a strategy to finding this invisible kingdom. And we have to seek it with all of our heart. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And if you don't have your Bible, that's okay. The scriptures will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. I believe that God's going to deliver some of us from the love of this world. Because the love of this world will drive you crazy. It'll, it'll drive you into debt. It'll, it'll, it'll cause you to rack up credit card expenses like crazy. Because why do we buy things? We buy things because they make us happy for a moment until the garage sale. And then when the garage sale happens, like, man, I paid $80 for that. I paid $80 for that, and now it's got eight cents on it. Because we look for joy in things. But joy cannot be seen. The kingdom of God is something that cannot be seen. It's something that can be felt with the heart because it's something that is delivered to us by the Holy Spirit. And here's what Jesus said as he taught us about money and possessions. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Where? In heaven. In heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your tre treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So if you care too much about this stuff on earth, and then somebody steals it, you lose your joy. If you care too much about things on earth, as long as I've got money in the bank and I've got my retirement and I've got my family here with me and all this, then I'll have peace. No. Jesus says, store your true treasure in heaven where rust and moth and thieves cannot touch them. Let's continue. Verse 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So if you think that you can find things with these eyes that will bring, bring you true, lasting pleasure and joy, then you do not have light in your eyes at all. You have darkness and how great that darkness is. True joy, true love, true peace do not come from things. Now, the Lord might allow us to share joy 
and to share love and peace with people, but never things. Let's continue. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? I knew there'd just be 2.6 amens to that question because we love food. And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns where your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, we've got some worriers in the building, and I'm guilty of it as well. But worry, all worry does is divides and subtracts from our life. Worry never adds anything. You will never, at the end of the day, say, I am so glad I worried all day about that situation. I can't wait to worry some more tomorrow. Because worry does not add, it steals from us. It steals time, it steals peace, and it steals joy. Let's continue. Verse 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God, so listen up, people, he's talking about how beautiful nature is and how you're worth more than nature, so don't worry. Nature doesn't worry, don't you worry. I noticed at the height of the pandemic when everybody was going crazy and everything was closing down, I noticed that the birds did not stop singing. I noticed that the deer did not stop running and leaping. That nature did not stop moving. It had no worry or concern. You might say, well, they don't know about the pandemic. But you know why they don't know about the pandemic? Because all they've been tuned in to know is their creator and how awesome God is and what a wonderful provider that he is. Amen? Let's continue. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So listen to that, church. Worry is a characteristic of an unbeliever. So when we worry, we're actually, it's worry is a sin. How is worry a sin, pastor? Because the Bible says that everything that is not of faith is sin. So when you catch yourself worrying, it's music to the devil's ears. But when you catch yourself praying and being in faith, it pleases God. How do we know that? The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let's continue. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. And some translations say, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. 
Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning in verse 10. This is going to teach us that our seeking must be focused. So how do we find God? How do we look for something that is invisible? How do we aim our hearts towards the kingdom of God if it can't be seen? Here's a word that the Lord had for Jeremiah. And although this word not, might not be for the New Testament church, my Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the character of God never changes. So if he wanted to bless Jeremiah over 2,000 years ago, then he still wants to bless you that are sitting in this building right now. And here's what he told Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. So what is Babylon? Babylon represents to the New Testament church when we were living in darkness. But we thank God that he saved us and now that we are living in light. It says you'll be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you. And just like we learned back in Matthew, the Bible says that we don't have to worry about anything because God knows all of our needs. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And this is how we look for God. This is how we focus intently upon searching for the kingdom of God that cannot be seen with our eyes. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. That means with your whole heart. That means that we don't look for the things and satisfaction in the world with 50% uh, of our heart and then what's left over we look for God. No. The way that you find God is if you turn your back on this world that's passing anyway and say, God, I want to find you. And God is saying the way that you find me is if you look for me with your whole heart. And verse 14 makes a promise. It says this, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Now, when Jesus left this world, he told his disciples that it was necessary that he goes away. Because if he does not go away, he cannot send us more help, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, let me let you know this. And you might know it, but sometimes we need reminded that God lives on this earth right now in the form of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's the Father who's in heaven. There's the Son, Jesus Christ, that's at his right hand. But Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to earth, and he lives here right now. And he is our very present help in time of trouble. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, many of us would be in grave danger because he leads and guides us into all truth. My son Drayden was baptized today. And Drayden has been, God has just woke something up in Drayden. He's been reading his Bible more and asking questions. And I'm like, whoo, praise God. It's working. It works. <sighs> All right. And so he's been asking questions. And um, my, even Dominic is, is asking questions, the smaller one. And Dominic's been asking about, you know, the devil and God's stronger and God's more powerful. All right. I'll say, yes, yes, he is. And, 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 and Drayden said, Dad, didn't the devil try to kill you one time by saying something to you? Didn't he speak to you? 
I said, yes, he remembered that story. I was 16 years old driving on uh, Zermelly Road, headed back to Shawnee, back to open gym basketball practice, and I was going by the graveyard, all right? And I was speeding in my 1984 Ford Tempo that was supercharged. Okay, it wasn't supercharged at all. It wasn't, wasn't supercharged. All right, 1984 Ford Tempo. I heard a voice, not audibly. Can you say not audibly? I heard a voice, it wasn't audible, but it entered into, into my thoughts, and it said, drive fast. So I immediately put my foot on the gas and let those horses go, all right? And I began speeding around those curves. Then I heard another voice, and the second voice said to me, stop the car. It did not say slow down. It did not say go in reverse. It said stop the car. So immediately I stopped the car, I come to a screeching halt, and three big deer walk right in front of me. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit here on earth to help us. But we have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to us because he is here to lead us and guide us in the all truth. And my prayer this morning is that as you hear this teaching, the Holy Spirit talks to you and you obediently give your heart to God or rededicate it. So, there are three keys of seeking and finding the kingdom of God. The first thing that we must do is pray. It seems we do everything else before we pray. If we've got a problem, we ask Alexa. If we've got a problem, we search Google. We do everything before we pray, but the, the main thing that we should always do is pray. We should pray always and not faint and not give up. So I told you that the Holy Spirit is here on this earth to help us find the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So how do we pray? Romans 8, verses 26 through 27, tells us how the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. It says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings, that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So listen, you will be in some situations that you can't find peace. Alexa has no answers for you. I don't want to leave Siri out. Siri has no answers. Google has no answers for you. And you just don't know what to pray because the situation is so hard. The Bible says that if you ask the Holy Spirit, that he helps us to pray in our weaknesses and he will pray through us. And we might not always understand what he's saying, but that's okay. God does. We're talking about the three keys of seeking and finding the kingdom of God. Step one is prayer. Let's go to Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. It says this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So the Bible is instructing us that we should be full of joy in the Lord at all times. It doesn't say be joyous when you get a new job or when you get married or be joyous when you get new clothes or a new car. It says be joyous all the time. And your question and my question should be, but what about the bad days? I don't always feel like being joyous. Aha, there we go. Joy is not an emotion. 
Joy is not an emotion. Joy is an attribute of God. Joy comes from God. So at any moment, at any time, no matter what's going on in our lives, the joy of the Lord can be ours if we focus on it, if we remember this, and if we do something, if we rejoice. The evidence that we are full of joy is when we have the ability to rejoice. I remember when I was in the hospital almost 10 years ago in St. Rita's Hospital on 5K uh, with kidney failure. And the doctor came into the room and my dad was there wearing his nice dress shoes, Stacy Adams, all right, uh, on, and this, on this hard concrete floor in St. Rita's. And the doctor comes in, it was Dr. Uh, can't think of his name right now, big tall doctor, all right? And he comes in the room and he says, your kidneys are only functioning about this much. That's what he told me. And then the next sound I heard was, that was the sound of my dad jumping up and down in my hospital room, rejoicing at that news. And I said, what a peculiar, no, what a crazy time to be jumping up and down in my hospital room when the doctor just said that my kidneys were only functioning this much. But the reason my dad was able to rejoice is because I had been walking around and working two jobs and sick as a dog, and, but I did not die. And my dad was rejoicing and saying, God, you have spared his life, and I'm going to be full of joy in this moment, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. You see, joy is a spiritual thing, not a natural one. You see, joy won't always line up with what's happening uh, in the natural. So some of you can be let go from a job. And, and praise God right in front of the boss, like, praise the Lord. You might just be happy because you're like, you're tired of working there, all right? But you could just praise the Lord because you say, okay, God, part of me is worried. What am I going to do? But I choose joy. That's the key right there of finding the kingdom of God, which is not something that is visible. It's the ability to choose joy. Let's continue. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Always. That means we need to top it off sometimes. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You see, one is fear, one is faith. One is sin, one is righteousness. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. How do we pray? He tells us right here. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. So that's how we get rid of worry. We ask God to help us in the situation. We thank God for all that he's done. And then a supernatural transaction happens. Our worry leaves and God's peace comes. You need to write this down. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. It's how to get rid of your worry so your heartburn can go, so you can stop tossing and turning at night, so you can stop being such an irritable person because you just worry all the time. If you'd rather have peace and joy, God says, pray, tell me what's going on, thank me for all I've done, and then you will experience God's peace. What kind of peace? It says it's a peace that exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We, we at the very beginning, we determine the kingdom of God is not something that can be seen, but it can be experienced. And this is a perfect passage in the Bible, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, that if you're a worrier, you can stop worrying and allow peace, the peace of the kingdom that is now available through the Holy Spirit to come in your life. Step two of seeking and finding. We have to be able to go into the Bible and read it. The more you read the Bible, the more righteousness, peace, and joy becomes yours. If you're looking for God, he's found in the Bible. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 say this, In the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So what is this saying? Who wants to see a picture of Jesus right now? I got a picture of Jesus here. I know some of you have been wondering, well, is he white? Is he black? Does he have long hair, curly hair? I've got a perfect picture of Jesus. I know exactly what he looks like. Are you ready? Here we go. That's the Bible. That's what Jesus looks like. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus is the word of God. So in order to spend time with Jesus, you open your Bible. If you're looking for God, open your Bible. He's not hiding. We're just not opening the Bible. So God is in the Bible. Let's listen to David's testimony. And then we've only got one more key. And then you guys are headed to Cracker Barrel or Bob Evans or wherever you're going after this. All right. I hope some of you don't already have your order in. All right. Tell them to give you about 50 more minutes. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to make you nervous. We're in Psalms, chapter 119. Here's David talking about the Bible. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. So there's our joy. We're looking for God. We're looking for the kingdom of God. We're looking for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where do we find it? We find it in prayer, and now we find it in Scripture. David says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. 
Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I promise you, the word in the Bible is alive and powerful. I promise you that my life has been radically transformed by the Bible because it is a living document. It is alive and God even looks over the earth to perform his word. So anything that you're troubled with, the answer is in the Bible. Are you sick? Answer in the Bible. Are you uh, broke? Answer in the Bible. Are you lost? The answer is in the Bible. How do, how do you invest money wisely? How do, you, how do you live with your money? How do you treat your spouse? How do you treat people? The answer is in the Bible. Why is America in the condition that it is in right now? Because it pushed God out. It pushed the light out. And now all we have left is the darkness. So the more we learn this Bible, read this Bible, live this Bible, we will see righteousness, peace, and joy. Listen to what else David said. Psalms 119, 101 through 105 says this. I have refused to walk on any evil path so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So his word gets us through life. His word instructs us on the right way to go. Then finally, the last thing we need, the last key to seeking and finding God is community. We need each other. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And this is our last passage. It says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Can you stand at this time? Thank you, Jesus. So what was all of that? What did I just tell you? Basically, when Adam sinned, 
it separated us from God and we were living in darkness. We were living in the devil's kingdom. He ruled and he reigned. There was murder, there was hostility, there was hatred. All these evil things began to happen on our planet. But God was so gracious that he told Noah to build a boat and eight people were saved because he was obedient, but yet there was still in sin inside of them. So as they began to reproduce and repopulate the earth, Satan was still here because you can't drown a demon. He was still here, and so evil began to grow again in the hearts and minds of men. But the prophet Isaiah prophesied that one day that there would be a king that came to this earth to rule and to cleanse people from their sins. There would be a new kingdom that was set up on earth. And so when Jesus finally did arrive, his disciples began to ask him, are you here to overthrow our, the, our oppressors here on earth? Are you here to set up your kingdom now? And he says, listen, the kingdom is not something that you can point to and say, here it is or there it is. The kingdom of God is righteousness by having faith in Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is peace. By receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, so now the wrath of God will not be upon you for all of eternity in hell, but you have peace with God through Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit has drawn you into a relationship by faith with him. What the Holy Spirit does is illuminates the way out of darkness. He can break alcoholism off your life. He can break addiction and anger. Even if you were abused as a child and you carry the weight of that around, God can clean you. If you feel dirty inside, God can wash you. That is peace with God. And as a result of this righteousness through Christ, in this peace with God, you're able to have joy now in your soul, and it's all a work of the Holy Spirit. There's not one product on this earth that can do it. You can't buy it off Amazon. There's nowhere that you can go, and they give this thing to you. It's nothing you can see. It's a result of your faith in God. And the beautiful thing is this, that every single one of us has been given the gift of faith. So inside of you, every one of you here today is a measure of faith. And it might not be as big as the room. It might just be as small as a grain of mustard seed. But if you use that tiny bit of faith to say, I hear what this preacher is saying about Jesus Christ, and I believe he's telling the truth then the kingdom of God can be yours today. God's people are the happiest people on earth. Why? Because they have righteousness and they have peace and they have the joy of the Holy Spirit. Everything you can see in this world is fading. Everything that you see is getting older and passing away. Not just products, not just possessions, but even people, they leave too. So that just leaves you and God. One day you'll stand at the judgment seat of the Father, the Son, and they're going to ask you to give an account of all the things that you have done on earth. You will be safe if you made the decision while you were alive on this earth to say, Jesus Christ, I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Would you please forgive me of all of my sins? 
Would you please allow me to experience this kingdom life right now? I am tired. I am tired of sin. I am tired of being beat down. I want joy. I want peace. I want victory. If you believe that today, it can be yours. Father, I pray for this crowd and those watching online that if there's anybody here that is just tired, I'm just tired of living life the way I've been living it. And there's no way I want to spend eternity feeling like this. I want the joy of salvation to be mine. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just begin to go around this room and search the hearts and minds of the people that are here. Holy Spirit, is this the day of salvation for somebody in this room or somebody watching online? Is this the day they have this, they said, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus right here and right now. And Father, if you save them, we can even baptize them right now as well. I pray for courage to come in every heart right now. May fear be gone, embarrassment be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. You know if you're a sinner or not. You know if you're not right with God. If you can't answer this question comfortably, then you've got a problem. If this is your last day on earth, if one of these next hours is your last hour, would you see God's face in peace? And the only way to do that is to give your heart to Jesus Christ. And you can do it right now. Father, I pray that you would draw someone to Christ. Or I pray that this would be the seed planted or the seed watered. And may you, Father God, bring the increase in Jesus' name.